Hello and welcome to Until We Rise podcast with Rachel and Veronica, where we bridge a divided people to loving community, empowering resources, and a compassionate Christ. So it's week eight of Journey to Perfect, and I am so excited to share with you this very special podcast today. We don't have actually a chapter. Our chapter is still in the process, but I do have this special gift. It is a message entitled, Better Your Way by Veronica Vasquez, our co-founder and missionary in Mexico. She is living in Guaymas, Mexico, and she has a story for you that just kind of embodies the kind of healing and the kind of processing that many people are going through right now as they are walking this journey with us, this journey to perfect. It's a beautiful story of her own experience and her own healing and the truth about who God has been for her in and through this season. So I'm so grateful. Please, um, it's not, it's recorded via Google Meets on my iPhone in my backyard exposed to all the elements so please excuse if there's any kind of um uh you know not professional quality however the content is definitely worth li- worth listening to so I hope you enjoy it here is Veronica I know some of you guys are on the journey with us and and some of you you're just on brunch and you haven't been on the journey and that's totally okay because God still speaks and and so I can't hold on do I look dark for you guys or can you see me fine okay I just want to make sure um and so I as Rachel or Tina actually had mentioned in the announcements I do an Instagram live and so I kind of create a space for people who want to share a little bit about or just hear somebody else's perspective going through this journey. And um, it's been incredible to to be able, it's a privilege, and to be able to walk along um, Rachel and, and hear her heart. And I know a lot of these stories I, I have known because I've walked through some of them and I've her and I are partnered in this ministry. So I have heard some of these stories before, but just to be able to read it and and um, and reflect because I believe that it's not just her story and that's great, but I believe the Lord is speaking through um, through her testimony of being perfect. And um, before, welcome. Before um, before the series began, God began to start dealing with me on um, some things in my heart, and so as I was reading. I think it was in chapter three that Rachel starts us off with First John four eighteen, and it says, um, "I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. That's kind of my favorite version. If you don't know me already, um, but I also have an NLT one. But I really liked how it said it in this version. So First John chapter four verse eighteen, it says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment." And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And I'm actually going to read 19 as well. We love because he first loved us. And so as I was, I'm I'm also part of the editing team. And so it's kind of fun because I get to see the backside of it. But um, so I get to read it a couple times. But as I was reading it, this is a verse that the Lord has worked in my life progressively. And... Like I was saying, before the series began, God was highlighting 
areas in my heart, areas in my life that had led to disappointments and disillusionments. And I, it was actually through Ryan where God spoke a word to me about these things. And, and it didn't make sense at the time. And I was just like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? And so one of the major ones, there's a couple, and I've spoken about them. So if you followed me on, on, on the live, I've shared on some of them. But there's a major one that is really um, kind of sensitive. And um, I don't talk about it a lot because sometimes I feel like everybody knows my story because I share it so much with, with different people. <laughs> and um, sorry, tortilla guy's going by, so I hope you don't hear him. The window's closed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I... So I share some of these other ones, and this one I've kind of glossed over in the lives, but one of the major ones that the Lord was leading me to process through was my marriage and um, and separation. And so for those who don't know me or know me but don't know that much about me, I got married when I was 22. My husband um, was 19 at the time. Yes, he's younger. And... Um, and we met in church. We met at the old church I used to go to. And I was really nervous about even, like I thought he was cute. And then I realized, I saw him going to the high school group and I was like, whoa, never mind. And, but then I saw him in the young adult group and I was like, what's up with this dude? And so he actually celebrated his 18th birthday at church. And so, um, so I knew his age. And because of his age, I was like, I thought he was cute, but that was it. And he, I remember we would, um, we, I was in the young adult um, ministry and so we would do outings and stuff. And somehow I was the only one who had his number. And so they would always be like, oh, Veto, don't forget to invite Alex. Oh, Veto, like, and I kept, would tell our young adult leaders, like, you guys probably should be the ones like inviting him. Like, you guys are the leaders. It's kind of weird for me to always be calling him. Like, I don't want any like weirdness. And he didn't have a cell phone. So I would have to call his house and I'd be super weird. Cause I'm like, oh, if his mom answers, this is so awkward. And um, I just didn't want to make it weird. And I kept trying to tell our young adult leaders, like you guys should call him. And I'm like, oh, why don't you call him? You already have his number. And then he didn't always have a car. So then sometimes I would pick him up. And when he got his cell phone, he, he texted me. And before I knew it, we were texting all the time. And he asked me out and I was very, very hesitant because he was younger. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't, I don't know about this. Like, I'm already, sometimes I already feel like I'm too mature for my age. I can't go younger, like, the heck. And so I was very nervous and, and I told him, you know, I, I, I do, I'm not looking for anything. I'm cool if we're just friends, but that's about it. And, and that's how it started off, but we, we got to know each other. And so as I was reading, I believe it was chapter four and reading Rachel's story with her ex, it, it reminded so much of my journey and just reminded me so much of how I can be because she talks about, you know, creating these fairy tales sometimes. Like you watch these different sitcoms and you start to create these storylines in your head of like, oh, well maybe, maybe I'm Rachel and friends or, you know, maybe I'm a Topanga in Boy Meets World. I know I'm taking it way back, but those are the shows I grew up with. Um, you know, maybe I'm, um, I don't know, what's another show? You know, maybe I'll end up like Rachel mentioned, um, Saved by the Bell. And I remember I thought Zach was super cute. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll end up with someone like that. You know, and, and those are like, that was my, my where my storylines were coming. Kelly, yes. <laughs> those are where my storylines were being built up from. And I remember, just 
I, I, I was like that hopeless romantic, right? Or hopeless romantic, as we like to go. Like, I love, like I mentioned in the live, I love those like super cheesy holiday love story movies, those Hallmark movies. I'm a sucker and I know the storyline the moment it starts, but I'm like, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna indulge in this and I'm just gonna live in this fairy tale. And so that's how I began to to portray what I wanted my life to look like, what I wanted my love story to look like. You know, that whole like Rachel talked about sweeping me off my feet. And that was like, oh man. And so this guy comes along and I'm like, well, he's younger than me. That's not fit in this at all. Like this doesn't fit. Like he's supposed to be older than me. He's supposed to be my protector. He's supposed to guide me. And so I was very hesitant and I, I was kind of a jerk, not intentionally, but I was kind of a jerk when we were talking because I, our church was small and so everybody kind of knows everybody. And I just didn't know, I was like, I don't know if I even want like this to really become a relationship. I just want to get to know him more. And so I told him, I was like, I don't want people to know that we're talking yet. So let's, you know, like, let's just be friends and don't be weird. <laughs> and so I remember one time we were at a Starbucks, we had a Bible study at a Starbucks and we were sitting at the same table and he texted me and was like hey and i was like don't be weird we're right at the same table like you don't have you can talk to me and i felt bad for him because i'm sure he didn't know how to handle me and so eventually we got together and it was never like the way i expected we got together because my pastor one day called me over and was like so what's up with you two like what's up with this guy and i was like <laughs> nothing he's like are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend and i was like no we're just friends and he's like okay like you know just being protective and so i caught up with him because we were walking and he was like what did he ask you and so i told him and and he was like well how did it go we were we were in the car driving to starbucks and we were meeting another couple and he it wasn't even like a real asking out it was kind of like how rachel shared hers where her ex was like you know you're my girl right like he was like he was just like so are you gonna tell him we're dating and i was like well are we and he was like perhaps because that's how he first asked me out on a date was like well maybe i'll take you to starbucks one day and i was like are you asking me out and he was like perhaps and so that's how we ended up being boyfriend and girlfriend ridiculous but we got together and i was i didn't realize how afraid of marriage i was even though i had built up this whole story in my head of what it would look like one day and what i wanted it to be like and the white dress and you know the happily ever after and i never saw past the happily ever after because we don't see past the happily ever after right like all the disney movies you they, they find their, their prince comes and rescues them or in my favorite one Belle, she rescues her prince and um and 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 he he's no longer this beast he's this amazing man he's beautiful and they live happily ever after but you don't see like what happens after that like the movie ends there and you just assume it's all like roses and rainbows and butterflies um it's just sunshine and everything's great and that's what i envisioned my life was going to be like everything's going to be great i have this man he believes in god you know yeah he's a little younger than me but it's okay like we get along and this and that and everything was great but fast forward two and a half years later and we found ourselves in a space where he one day was just like i i can't do this anymore Vettel. i i can't be with you anymore like i don't want to do this anymore and it wasn't for me at the moment, it felt like it was out of the blue. 
I was like, what? Where is this coming from? But if I would have been honest, I should have seen it coming. There was issues in our marriage. There was infidelity. And it got to a place where I became very insecure. And it, it brought me to a place where one day I was just like, Lord, this is not what I expected. This is not what my happily ever after was supposed to look like. I, I don't, I don't. I don't even know if I can really trust him anymore. And that was really hard for me to admit because he would always be like, Biddle, you don't trust me. And I was like, I do trust you, I do. And I realized I wasn't just trying to convince him, I was trying to convince myself because in my mind, I, I couldn't be with someone I didn't trust. Like how I, I would like, I would judge those girls who didn't trust their boyfriends and I'd be like, why are they with them if they can't trust them? Like, what are they doing? And now all of a sudden I was that girl. And I would, I couldn't even get myself to admit, I don't, I don't trust this guy anymore. Like, I don't really know who he is, the things that have happened. I don't, I don't know. And so it got to a place where I, I remember crying out to God and being like, I, this is not what I, this is not what I envisioned God. This is not what I had planned. And shortly, and so I'm shortly after that we separated and I have, I'm still technically separated because we have not yet been divorced um, for seven years. And in these seven years, the Lord at the beginning spoke to me about a restoration. And in my mind, again, with my storyline, I was like, okay, we can still salvage this, right? It, it'll be like that, that crazy love story where the guy comes back and he is like, I made a mistake. You are the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Like all those Hallmark movies where like, I broke up with you years ago, <laughs> but now I'm the successful business guy and I'm come back and I'm gonna make our lives great. And I, I, I have this really cool girlfriend, but I really just want you because you're really the one who was always the one for me. You're the one who made my life great. I'm, I'm the worst without you. I'm hopeless without you. Like that was it, right? Like that was what I had envisioned. Like. There's this going to be this like great homecoming. He's going to come back. He's going to be like, I was an idiot. I need you. Life without you is not the same. And I'm still waiting for that. Um, <laughs> and so it actually went, there was a time where it looked like maybe this is going to happen. The Lord opened up a, a, a way for us to have communication. We started actually talking. And I thought, okay, we're on track. Communication's opening up. You know, maybe we're gonna be friends first and then, you know, he'll confess his like undying love for me again. And, and we'll be right back on track and this is gonna be great. And it took a very sharp left turn that I was not anticipating. And so right before quarantine started here in Mexico, cause we're a couple weeks back um, behind the States. But when quarantine started here, and I started working from home, I remember getting on Instagram. And so we were friends on Instagram, or we are friends on Instagram. And I came across an ultrasound he posted. And my heart kind of just sank. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's, he, he's doing photography. This must be for somebody else. And I read the caption and he mentions my son. And I'm just like devastated because yet again, my storyline has fallen apart. And this is not the restoration I anticipated. And if I'm honest, for me, this was 
that like deal breaker because people who knew that I was waiting for my marriage to be restored, who knew that I was believing for that promise would ask me, but what if he gets someone pregnant? And I would always say, well, well, I don't think, I don't think the Lord will let that happen. Like we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't, I don't know. Because that to even consider that thought was, was just ludicrous to me. <laughs> like, I'm like, God's going to do this. And I think it's in chapter four where Rachel talks about, there's a quote and I don't have it written down, but she says something along the lines of her fairy tale ending was synonymous with God's promises coming true. And so it's like God giving me that fairy tale meant that he was giving, like his, he was good to his word. And as this was happening and this was unfolding and the storylines falling completely apart. I didn't realize that I was using a mechan a self-defense mechanism that I've been using a lot in my life. And I just kind of brushed it off and was like, okay, well, the Lord's been leading me to release. We're good. We're going to release and let's just move on. It's fine. But God began to work in me and was like, Fedal, can you even dream about this again? Can you really believe that I can restore a marriage for you? And it wasn't even about the marriage, although it is, but it's not. <laughs> the Lord was saying, do you even trust that I want what's good for you? Do you trust that I, I really love you and I want something good for you? And people would give me these words of God has something great for you and God is going to restore a marriage. It might not be your husband, but he is going to bring a man of God and this and that. And I would just be like, yeah, thank you. But in my heart, there was a cynicism, if I'm quite honest, of, yeah, we'll see. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's what I believed already, but well, here we are. And the Lord began to show me this and was saying that, oh, you have learned to gloss over these disappointments. You have learned to live in a sense of denial that these things in your life, these areas that you anticipated a specific ending or a specific way that they were gonna go and they didn't turn out, you have been just kind of brushing them off like, because that's what you were raised to do. Because you gotta be strong. One thing my mom would always tell me is, not everybody's gonna be there for you. You, you cry it out, but you get back up and you keep going. And so you learn to be strong in that way. And so I, I, what I'm about to say, I don't say because I always see myself this way, but because I hear some of you on this call tell me this, that you're so strong. You're so strong, how do you do it? You encourage me to be strong. But I was really afraid is what it was afraid that everything I wanted was never going to happen. Every dream that I had envisioned in my heart, every fairy tale I had um, conjured up was never going to come to pass. And so for me to be strong was really, okay, we don't have time. I got bigger fish to fry. Whatever, you deal with that, Lord. Let's go do your work. Come on, let's go. We got bigger things. And God was like, Vettel, you can't even do the bigger things if we can't even talk about this. And in this, God was really using this, this book that Rachel's writing to open up a deeper layer 
because I got to a point where I just felt like I was hitting this wall and there are bigger things that I was seeking, sorry, seeking guidance in and leader, um, leading in. And I was like, Lord, why can't I see what you're trying to show me? And he began to show me, Beto, we still got to deal with these things over here that you've been kind of putting under the rug, that you've been acting like they're not a big deal, acting like it's okay, I'm, I'm, it's fine. I, I didn't even really want that, it's okay. Like, I don't know how many on here, like a guy has hit on you and you're like, oh no, thanks. And they're like, you weren't even cute anyways. And I'm like, well then why were you hitting on me if I wasn't cute? Like, okay. Like, cause they don't know how to deal with rejection, right? So it's like, you weren't even cute and walk away. And I'm like, rude, like, then why were you talking to me? You're wasting my time. But that's how we, that's how we learn, right? Like, well, forget it. And it's like, God was like, that you can't, I don't know what's going on in the comments. I can't because I'll get distracted. But the Lord was like, it's okay to admit you're disappointed. It's okay to admit that you're upset that this didn't happen how you thought it was going to happen. You know what? It's even okay to admit that you don't trust me. Because I sat there and I was like, God, how can I trust you in living in a different country but I can't trust you with my marriage. And that was just one of them, you know, there was even coming back home to the States there, there was, you know, the whole situation with my father. And I, and those were some of the big ones that were hard for me to trust God in. But I was like, how could I trust you to leave my job of five years and quit my, my, my master's program to start a nonprofit and just live without real work for, I don't know how long we did that, a year? And trust that you were just gonna provide, that you were just gonna come through. How can I trust you in that? How can I make these bold moves? And in this, there's this cynicism, this, this callousness in my heart that says, well, we'll see. Yeah, right. And the Lord was saying, it's okay to admit that, Venom. And it was like, I didn't want to because I was like, well, then what am I even believing in? Is this any, any of this real? And did I just make all these moves out of just thin air and emotion and all of this? And the Lord reminded me of Hebrews eleven six, I believe it is. And it says, sorry, I didn't have it open. So it wasn't in my notes, but I'm reminded of it. So here we go. Uh, where's Hebrews? Sorry, before James found it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hebrews 11, 6, and it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him, speaking about God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And the Lord was just like, that all. You got to believe that I even exist. These things, these disappointments don't mean that I'm not real, that I don't care about you. You think I just want you to do these crazy things and then, okay, what you think you want isn't even good. So let me just give you something completely different. Let me just give you something else you don't really want, but it's what I want. So you just have to submit to that. He was like, no, Miha, like, I want something good for you. I want an upgraded version of what you want. I want something that I see what you're asking for. And there's a verse, I don't know where it's at, but it says, he gives us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think and ask or imagine. Yes. Yes. 
And I've known these verses, but they weren't in my heart. They weren't settled in my heart. There was a, a disconnect. There was um, a gap of between what I knew got to be in my head and what I believed got to be in my heart. And God was bringing, and has been bringing me in this journey of let's align those. Let's align those two. But in order to do that, you need to come and really get to know me. Come and spend some time with me. Come and be honest with me. Come and be real with me. Come and share your disappointments with me. Come and share your frustrations with me. Come and share your doubts with me. He was like, it's okay to, to tell me these things. I can I can handle it. I'm not gonna fall apart. I'm God. I'm the creator of the universe. Like, I can handle it. You know, and and he was reminding me last night as I was talking with Rachel. It wasn't originally in my notes, but he brought me to it. And it's in Matthew, oh, that's a different verse. It's in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. And it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you? If his son asks him for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And the Lord has been speaking to me of Vettel. I'm a good father. I know you haven't necessarily had that role in your life, but I've put different men in your life who have shown you a glimpse of what that looks like. Have shown you an idea of what it looks like to be a good father. And yes, they have their flaws. My uncles have been one of, have been some of them who have loved me through my childhood, who have been there, who have tried to be the best man figure they can be. Rachel's dad is another one. He loves me. He's welcomed me into the family, my adopt a pop. <laughs> and God's like, those are all great men, but they're still men, they're imperfect, but I'm perfect. And I want what's good for you, Vettel. I don't wanna give you a stone when you ask me for bread. Can you imagine you ask your parent for a bread and they give you a stone? Like you're gonna crack your teeth. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> or you ask him for fish to eat and he gives you a serpent. I mean, I guess there's a place that does rattlesnake hot dogs, but yes, I mean, Worcestershire, that's not the name. I don't know, what, I, can't, I can't ever pronounce it. It's in downtown LA for you LA peeps. Yeah. Um, but in the arts district but can you imagine you ask him for a fish and he hands you a serpent like and that's i think that's what i thought god was when he was like Vettel, my plans are better for you and i thought yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him for something he's gonna give me a stone or a serpent and god's like if you Vettel, and i'm not a parent and those who know me know my issues with deciding on parenthood um but those of you who are parents 
I know there's some of you on here. You want to give good things to your kids. You want them to have more than what you had. You want them to have a life beyond the life that you were able to experience. You want them to enjoy life more than you were able to. You want them to be freer than you were. And even me as a, as a child, I'm an adult, I know, but as a child, I remember one time I signed up for, there's this radio station I would listen to back home and they're donor based. And they have these drives where they're trying to get more donors so that they don't have to play commercials. And they're like, if you call within this time, someone donated an iPad mini and we're gonna throw it into a box of awesomeness and you'll be put in a drawing and you might win this box of awesomeness. There's a bunch of like random weird things in there, but there's an iPad mini in there. And I didn't even realize, I don't think I realized at the time that I called, because I donated to this radio station monthly. And so when I called to renew my, my donation subscription, I didn't realize that was what the offer was. And so I, I just put in my donation and I kept, went on with my merry way. Well, weeks later, I used to live in the back of the Caban's house. And I think Adeline came and was like, Mika, you got this, this box. And I was like, what is this? Like, I didn't order anything. I didn't know what it was. And as I read where it was from, I was like, I think, did I just win something? And I opened it up and it's like all these random things. And I was like, it's the box of awesomeness. And I was like, I think there's an iPad mini at the bottom. And I dig through the bottom and there it was. Lo and behold, an iPad mini. <laughs> and I've never, I've never, I never had an iPad but I knew someone who wanted it. It was my mom. My mom wanted an iPad so badly and I didn't have the money to be able to give her that kind of gift. And I was just like, immediately I was like, oh, I wanna give this to my mom. And I was so excited to see her face when I gave it to her. I was so excited. We went to New York that, that winter, that Christmas. And so I packed it in my stuff and I wrapped it up and I couldn't wait for her to open it. And I just think of that. And I think, imagine I gave her like, this and was like here you go mom i know you wanted an ipad mini but i just gave you a notebook and i drew some some like some apps on there so you can just pretend <laughs> like can you imagine what a letdown that would be she'd be like thanks mija i know you meant well like and that's how sometimes we think god is gonna do us like we have this desire we have this vision and we think he's gonna give us a fake ipad or a stone and so we're so afraid to let go of what we thought we wanted. We're so afraid to say, God, I want to be married. God, I want kids. God, I want to come home. You know, we're so afraid sometimes because we think when he says surrender, it's kind of how Ryan was saying, when, we, when he says surrender, we think it's like this forceful bow down, I'm God, you're not. And whatever I give you is much better than what you thought, even if it's not what you really want. We think he's giving us this fake iPad for a real one. And you be happy because I gave it to you. Be grateful. But he's not like that. He's like, I have so much better. Hold it open. Let me, let me take it and upgrade it. Let me take it and make it better. Let me put all the add-ons. Let me put all the extra stuff and it's going to be even greater. And so 
I don't want to make it longer than what it needs to be, but as I was looking back at the chapters, there were two questions that really made me reflect. And so if you've got a brunch box, this is where you get your little response card. If you don't have a brunch box, just grab anything to write with. This is just a bougie little cute way of having something to respond on. But if not, just grab a notebook, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, pencil. And I'm just going to give you guys two questions and we're going to give you guys some time to reflect on those two questions and let God speak to you about through what he was sharing, but really reflecting. And so, um, Rachel, I know you're typing. So if you want to type these questions, you're more than welcome to, uh, <laughs> cause I can't type and talk, but the first one was from chapter four. What are the storylines that you have created for your life? Another way to phrase it, if maybe storylines is throwing you off, is what are the what are the pictures you have created in your mind for your life? What is the vision that you have had for your life? Those are all the same question. And the second question is, where's the crack? And so that's just basically a gap. Like I mentioned, there was a disconnect between how I knew God to be and how God really was. And for me, that crack was my disappointments. It was not really believing God would give me something good because I didn't really know him intimately. And for some of us, it's different, but basically it's where is that gap where Rachel talks about, you get filled up with faith, but before you know it, you're drained and you're at a point where you're like, is God even real? Is any of this even real? So again, what are the storylines, the pictures that you have created for your life? And where's the crack? Where's the gap in your faith, as Rachel just put it? So let's take some time. Let's reflect. Um, I don't know if Ryan's still there, if he wants to play a little background music for us. Um, but let's ask God and let's welcome him into this moment and say, God, what are you saying to me? You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love become my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry, weary and all I did was pray. All I did was worship. And all I did was bow down. All I did. Hallelujah, you have 
what it was praise all I did was worship all I did was bow down oh. all I did was stay still I love this song so much because as we were worshiping to it last night, the Lord was just reminding me in the version that this other group that sings it, she says, this happens every time, every time this happens. You put my pieces back together. You make me whole again. And the Lord was just reminding me, this is continuous. This is not a one and done kind of deal. It's continuously walking in that and surrendering to God and what he has. And when those storylines fall apart, whether because things didn't happen how you thought, or when you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to lay it down before you. I'm going to lay down my image, my thought of what I wanted, my what I had envisioned and say, God, upgrade it. Do what you want. He gave me this vision of where it says, um, when I, I can't remember the lyrics, but it says, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. And he taught, and I felt like the Lord's like, we get lost in these these storylines we create, we get lost and it becomes this like, this spiraling that you go into this like story. I just, I love this song so much. Just minister to me through the song so much of, I, it is better my way at all. I promise you it's much better my way. And all those pieces that you thought were broken, you thought there was nothing left to do with them, I put them back together. And every time you come and you say, God, this fell apart again, I got it back together for you, mija, mijo. And so I just, can I can I close this time in prayer and then we can continue? I know Rachel's doing a Q&A, but okay, I'm getting an okay from Jen. Um, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love, my God. I thank you that as the song says, you reintroduce us to your love over and over again. Yes. Every time we need it, my God, you show us the love that you have for us. That you are a good father. You're not trying to give us a stone when we ask for bread or a serpent when we ask for I could imagine for every person on this call who is being faced with those those narratives, those storylines, those pictures that they created, not because they're bad. Greater than what they were willing to suffer. I pray, Lord, for a renewed trust in you, 
that as they seek you, Lord, that as they come in it, come before you, my God, and come to know you, my God, may they come to know your heart. May they come to be your people as you desire to be our God. May they come and be willing to say, here it is. I may not trust you fully, God, but I want to. I want to trust you more, my God. I want to believe that what you have in your hand is so much better than what I have. Open them to take those steps, my God. My vision for my marriage, my vision for life, my vision for my business, my vision for whatever it may be. That area that feels so dry and feels I don't, I don't even know. I thank you, Lord. That it is so much better your way. Walk them through this process. Holding their hands, reminding them that you love them. That you are a safe place to surrender, a safe place to fall, a safe place to, to let every guard down and know an abundant life greater than that initial picture greater than anything they could imagine anything they could have stolen from any sitcom any of their favorite movies greater we thank you Lord our heart. We thank you that you would continue to water this word in their hearts. My God, may it not be rooted out, but may it grow roots deep within their hearts. My God, may it be a word that brings transformation into their lives, into how they live and how they think and how they interact with you. My God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, that was Journey to Perfect Week 8. That was our online brunch experience um, from October the 24th. And Veronica Vasquez with that amazing message. So intimate, so personal, so real. And so um, I really hope that you enjoyed it. I decided um, to add a little bit of the ministering part, which included um, a special song. It's Defender by... uh, I forget who the author is. I know Stephanie and Bethel and and um, up Upper Room and a number of different people sing it. But this is our um, Ryan Reyna's rendition. And Ryan is an amazing worship leader and an anointed man of God out of Texas um, where he recorded this. So it's unfortunate that it wasn't the highest quality of recording. Nevertheless, as I listened to it again and again, I just felt like I couldn't cut it. It was just so powerful. Um 
And so despite all of the background noise, I know the song came through and I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as I did the second and third time around hearing it. So with that, hope that you have a great week and um, you will be I will be releasing hopefully in the next few days or the next week or so chapter six of Journey to Perfect. Thank you once again. If you have any questions, you can visit us at our website or our Instagram or just email us and we'll get in contact with you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Until We Arises podcast. If you have yet to subscribe, please do so on whatever platform you may be listening. Also, if you'd like to find out more information or you'd like to give to Until We Arise, you can go to our website at untilwearise.org. You can also find us on social media, either on Facebook or on Instagram at the same name, Until We Arise, and you can get all the information about what's going on and how you can get involved. Thank you so much. And remember, until we arise, what in our community, what in our lives, and what in our world will not change?